0: wrong. Day's 2022. What's up with REH? This recording, presented by the Chromecast, is from Saturday, June 11th. The panelists discuss the latest news regarding Howard Publishing, Entertainment, and how his influence continues. Panelists include Joel Bylos, Paul Herman, Matt John, Fred Malmberg, Matt Murray, Steve Saffel, and Jay Zetterberg.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please say a warm welcome for our panel today. Uh, I'll be leading off on Paul Herman on the board of the Robbie Hired Foundation and Foundation microphone. Press. Microphone. We have a microphone that's work. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Can Yeah, How you're good on. good to hear. Uh, uh, with the panel today, there's, uh, there's me, of course, Paul Herman. I'm uh, on a member of the board of the Foundation and the Foundation Press. With us today is also Frederick Baumberg, who you may have heard earlier speaking for us, Steve Saffel of Titan. Uh, Jay Zetterberg, with also with uh, Heroic Signatures, and Matt, who gets blamed for everything. I will now be officially blamed for everything. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm,
2: the, I'm the new editor over at Heroic Signatures. I'm working for these gentlemen right here, Fred and Jay, who have been keeping the, the ship going. And I'm going to be, uh, I'm a recent hire, and we'll see what happens. So that's what i got to say for goes. now. There you go.
1: Um, so I'll go first, because, I mean, what's going to follow a new Conan game? Oh, let's talk about books. That's a great choice, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the Foundation Press, as, as some of you who came by and checked out our location know, we had a couple new titles out. Uh, they'll hit Amazon on Tuesday. I think we have our process sorted. I think books are going to flow a little faster. The uh, I think... This year, uh, within the next 60 days, we'll have the Collected Letters Volume 3 uh, uh, in print. I think the collected, the three-volume set of Collected Poetry should be out by the end of the year. Also, at least one other book, maybe the uh, Adventures in Sci-Fi or Science Fantasy, uh, will be out. Uh, we, today, we sold out of our last copy of first edition of Fists of Iron 1, we're down to our last three or four at Fist of Iron 2. Um, you know, and as we sell out, they then get rotated into the list to be uh, turned into the next editions. For those that don't know the the first editions were done starting in about 2007 and were released <coughs> over the course of a few years. Uh, starting in 2011, 2012, 2013, somewhere in there, we finally started getting access to the uh, massive TypeScript collection of Glenn Lord. Which then made us go back and change some of our content uh, because some stories all we had was a publication version. Now we have a TypeScript version. We'd rather take it back as original, Howard, as we can get it. So that's what these newer <coughs> ultimate editions are for. Is they're the ones that have all been updated with the with the latest TypeScripts. Once these are done, they're gonna be on Amazon forever. They're they're not gonna change anymore unless somebody finds something under a rocker or a, you know, a box hidden away somewhere. Every source has been that, that can, can shake something out, we've been there, so uh, so it's progressing well. Are there any questions about the books before we get to the good stuff? Yeah,
3: don't forget the Robert E. Howard photo
1: book. Oh, and there's a Robert e. Howard photo book coming out. We haven't quite got the format worked out yet, but all the contents are done. The best version of every photo of Bob we can find, plus family, friends, locations, um, pictures Bob took, <clears throat> Um, no. All kinds of stuff. It's gonna be a a, a a fat book. We we have we don't know price yet. We don't know exactly how we're gonna do it, but I hope we'll have that one out by the end of the year as well. So, um, any questions? That's because I do a great job explaining. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So um, before we, uh, for those of you who saw the Tower of the Elephant presentation, uh, that's something which we always try to synchronize as much as we can between activities. There there was a good example of if you know we released the Tower of the Elephant board game, and you might even recognize some of the designs on the the tower and and so forth and so on, and when we started those plans, we didn't know that the video game would be cancelled, obviously. And hopefully it will come back at some point, which um, uh, Joel talked about. But um, So there always happens a lot of things behind the scenes that we cannot talk about or we will not be allowed to talk about. We try to tell and be as transparent as we can. So going into the entertainment side, uh, and before I can have my colleagues talk about the products and the books and, and the comics. Um, if you may remember, you read, this is 10 years ago, we actually were going to do, with Universal Pictures, the King Conan uh, movie with Arnold, and we had uh, the rights to Dave Gebel's legend, and we're going to retrofit the legend book into a vehicle for Arnold to do um, a post King Conan story, or actually a city calls for him to come back and... Rescue them basically from imminent death. Uh, worked well, uh, and we had a, uh, a process which is usual in Hollywood. It takes a year and a half to do the deal, then it takes a year to find the showrunner or the writer, and then it takes another year to find the director. Uh, and unfortunately, by the time we were given the script or the screenplay first draft, the head of the studio. Called and said, Fred, I'm so sorry. I've got good news and bad news. The good news is we've got the script this morning. The bad news is this is my last week. I'm setting up my own production company next week. So then you know, as a rights holder slash producer, we're dead. We're just going to sit out this option because no other executive executive at the studio really wants to pick up you know Sloppy Seconds or someone else's. Uh, it, there's only losses to have for such an executive. So you just have to wait out that option period to get the rights back. That was around, I think, 2017. And then we, uh, and for those of you who were here for Paul Salmon and his movie, um, uh, retrospective, uh, of 40, the 1982 movie, he mentioned a man by the name of Miguel Sapochnik. And we actually had seen pre-footage of the Battle of the Bastards uh, episode of Game of Thrones. So uh, all of us around, well that, that, that is a cone. Cool, that's a cone, cool, she cool, cool, right there. Met with Miguel and actually had, we put together a package, as we call it, with producers and writers and directors. And it was Miguel and Ryan Condal and we went out to the market and set up a series. This time, we were going, we presented it to Netflix, we presented it to all the streamers, all the, all, everybody really, but Amazon took the project on, optioned it, and commissioned us to start writing scripts. There were two scripts written, I think they were phenomenal. Uh, they were by Ryan, of course, and uh, just as they were delivered, Amazon Studios had a new boss with new marching orders, We're going to do more family-friendly stuff. We knew we were dead in the water. Uh, And, of course, those two scripts are just sitting there, they're Amazons, they can't use them, and we can't use them either. But the team, Ryan Condal, and Miguel Sapochnik went on, and they are the ones who are behind this season's upcoming Game of Thrones. The two of them. So, then... We said, okay, what do we do now? Because this is the world of Hollywood. You never give up. You just keep grinding. Uh, And uh, as you know, we set up a deal at Netflix, which is now, it took again, a year and a half to do the deal. And then it took us a year to get the showrunner, and then it took us some time to write. And I can't really say that much about, as you know, the details, but we do have, I think, which Paul Simon also rightly said, there are few filmmakers that have a clear vision and are powerful enough to to shepherd a project with that vision because there's so many there's so many thoughts and um, ideas that come up in, in these huge projects um, that it's easy to sort of lose focus and you get an uncoordinated effort but we are happy we have a a person um, that we believe is a huge, we know, is a huge Howard fan and, and knowledgeable about all the Howard stuff. We have a shared vision with this filmmaker, and it's not just going to be a series. It will be, hopefully, if we get green light from the financier, which is Netflix Studios. So we hope to have, you know, a series of films, television series, and animated films as well. So that is in the works. We are developing, been writing for quite some time and um, my role, of course, as the rights holder here, uh, I'm also an executive producer, I'm very involved with the other uh, executive producers and the Netflix executives. I think we're hoping that we can have a green light from them within the next six months. But it's not me who gives that green light and I didn't even know who Gives the green light because these are committees that we never get to see. But um, that's where we are today. So, any questions? <coughs> Back there. Um, sorry, a little bit off topic, topic this is the Robert Power conference, but you mentioned David Gimble's legend. Can you speak any more to that? We uh, just not far along that uh, we, we don't control the rights that was universal, they controlled the right they had bought those rights from the estate to be able to retrofit that into a Conan story and then I guess the second question is um,
2: the Conan series and films that will be on Netflix will it be unfiltered Conan, Robert Howard's you know masculinity type stuff, uh, I know that's probably been an issue with other places you know, you're talking about Universal, I do family
3: stuff, or and, uh, <laughs> is this something where you're going to be allowed to be rock, you know, the, produce Robert's vision uh, without it being toned down? That is the whole idea. Nobody would like to have a code show which is toned down. Yes. And I think uh, that was part of the changed uh, mandate over at Amazon. They didn't want to have something if they could make it, and they knew that they could make it. Um, and I Uh, actually the I think there is a fear that action movies or series or you know male oriented series or movies are not going to get made but that's not really true. What what Hollywood is working very hard on or, or right now with is how do you remove toxicity that is alienating people, right? I think That's probably a good intention. The problem is everybody gets sometimes overly neurotic and makes and scrub everything so you kind of lose, well, you know, when I read Howard's material, I don't read Conan as a toxic, masculine guy. I I read him on the contrary, actually.
0: Um, About a month ago or so, uh got Amanda Milius to kind of say that she was interested in
4: maybe finishing uh, John Milius' work. What do you think about that? Uh, Well, Warner Brothers paid for the Milius' King Conan script
3: and it's been sitting there for many years, since 2004 or 5. And they have a lot of money into that project. So it's that script, I don't think that can ever get because it's so much money, and Warner's don't have the rights. So why would they let anybody else do it if they get successful? Successful. So um, if I, I didn't know that Amanda Milius was even writing, uh, John Milius is writing is amazing, fantastic, one of the most powerful writers in Hollywood. Well, I haven't seen any recent material, but um, who exactly have confirmation that she would be willing and wanting to finish his work, and that's all. All I can say is that there are. Many very powerful writers and showrunners and directors who all love and revere Howard's work and would love to write. Sure. You talked about working on a Solomon Cain series of movies. Is anything going on on that? Um, right now, we're, we're totally focused on Cohen because we know that's the jewel in the crown. We have to nail that one. If that is successful, the sky's the limit. From what you've seen of the uh, ongoing scripts, are those going to be serialized or episodic? So just one-off adventures versus interconnected season story. I think that now you really want to make it longer running and with the right continuity, so I think more serialized and more... uh, the the interstitials would be then more feature film-oriented it's uh, more of a general
1: price
5: thing than, like from the cabinet perspective. Like
4: with I mean what I would consider the
5: absolutely unprecedented announcement that Tolkien state is, is licensed uh legendary to Hasbro for Magic Gathering. Uh, has there been any interest in the cabinet to approach, which is proposed for something similar
3: since they're trying to present university on We've had talks with them years, uh, in several years, actually. We've, we've been talking on and off. Uh, so whenever that happens, it's always when the stars align. But we know them well. They know us well. Um, so that is a, is a possibility. Okay, so then I think we're ready to move on to Steve from Titan Books.
4: And uh, there you go. One thing I'll say is that... Um Making books is a little bit easier than making film and television.
1: Um,
4: However, I will say that it's not necessarily easy. Because one of the things we want to do is we want to be true to what you folks want in this room. We want to be true to Conan. We want to use the Howard as the foundation for everything we do in any new fiction. And that's very important to us. And thank goodness we've got Matt, we've got Jay, we've got Fred... Uh, working with us to see to it that what we do is genuine Howard Conan. Now, the first thing we wanted to do was get some fairly notable, unusual, some, some, some authors you might not expect. And that has proved to be a little bit more difficult because most of the people we'd really like to get are so involved in their own thing. We've reached out to Brandon Sanderson. We've reached out to Stephen King. We've reached out to, uh, I've got a really nice uh, set of emails back from Joe Abercrombie. Uh, We do have something coming from Stephen Graham Jones. So we have some some very interesting folks, award winners, bestsellers. George R. Martin. We've reached out to George George R. R. Martin. I've known George for years. The only problem there is that I've known George for years. And so uh, I, I do kind of want everybody in the room to be alive when it comes out. <laughs> um, that would be my greatest concern. But uh, but the simple fact is that also these are people who were involved in their own thing. Uh, see previous comment about George R.R. R. Martin. But the thing is that, that we do want to try to bring you something that is both very true to Conan and feels new. So I was at a Dragon Con last year and there was a writer there who I knew was a New York Times bestseller in his own right. One of my big concerns is I don't want somebody who's a New York Times bestseller because he happened to write a Star Wars novel. Or he happened to write a Star Trek novel or something like that. I want someone whose writing skill is his own. And, and has been proved by being a New York Times bestseller and award winner or both. And I ran into S.M. Sterling. And I said to Steve, well, you know, you're busy tomorrow, let's have lunch. I'd like to talk to you about something. And we sat down at lunch in the Hyatt, and uh, I said, well, I'm going to be working on these new books featuring Conan. And he smiled. And uh, I was saying, I, I, I often express my love of Conan in a very visceral way. The, the story that always really grabbed me the most on just a purely emotional level A Purely tactile level was beyond the black river. And so I said to him, you know I really want to do some very cool stuff. My favorite is beyond the black river. Steve looks at me and says yeah, you know, I Think that may have had the best first line of most of them and I thought This guy may know Howard (laughs) (laughs) And so we got to talking And he was totally on board because he really loves the Howard. So now we've got, you know, two factors. New York Times bestseller, loves Howard. We came up with some premises, and to tie it in and to make it the kind of thing that I think you guys will really glom onto, he proposed a story that is the prequel to Red Nails. And the cool thing about that is you start Red Nails... With Conan pursuing Valeria because she's being pursued and somebody wants to kill her. And he's making all these allusions to the stuff that she went through and all the stuff that he went through to catch up to her and to catch up to her before she was dead. And basically, that's what Steve has done. Now, the beauty of it is it's not only a really excellent prequel to Red Nails, but Steve is really good with detail. He does these alternate history fantasies where the island of Nantucket is thrust centuries back in time, and you've got all these really vivid characters having to deal with all this really intense detail. And he studied what would be Conan's Stygia, And in a way that you're going to be in Stygia, you're going to feel it, you're going to smell it, you're going to see it. You're going to have the the stones of the the villages of um, Sukhumet. You're going to have the the, um, herds of animals on the plains that are, in essence, um, the African plains. And so he's going to put the kind of detail into it that a lot of times Howard didn't have the opportunity to because his stories were short. But we have a nice long novel that will give you the feeling of being with Conan, with Valeria, with the um, the, the, the mercenaries that he's running with. Here he and, and Valeria are both from the Red Brotherhood. All that comes together, and I, and, and it literally leads right into Red Nails. So I think you're going to really enjoy it. It's It's really, in so many ways it's a a book written for steve which means it's a book written for you now i'm going to say one thing you guys i'm counting on you we need to show the rest of the world that these books are going to be important we need to sell books you guys need to be our army you need to go out there you need to get the books you need to tell other people to get the books because we've got very ambitious plans going forward. We've got a lot of really interesting ideas that are going to allow us to do new novels that feel new and yet are utterly true to Conan. But we're gonna have the best opportunity to do that if you help us make sure everybody comes to the party. So, I'm counting on you. Yes, sir. Uh, do you have a title and a release date? The release date is October, and the title is Conan, uh, Blood of the Serpent. Yes? Uh, yeah, um, I've been a Sterling fan
5: since the 80s, um, and he did that, he did do good editing on that one vein collection he owns, which is where I found out he was a He hasn't really done a lot of heroic fans
4: anything as far as like going to be a little bit different than what done before um, it's some sort of waving science or art. No th- this is not science. this is sword and sorcery, so this not, is fantasy I mean, and, I mean, I mean, and I mean, really a lot of it was basically knowing what he has been able to do and build vivid places, build uh, vivid characters, but also literally sitting down and talking it through with him. I mean, it, it, this is a one-on-one process that allows us to to make sure that that this is something he really loves, but he also brings to it a real veracity because, I mean, these are ancient <coughs> civilizations, well, these these are historical civilizations that Conan lives in, and so Steve, knowing historical civilizations, will make these things, will add layers of detail that are going to make you feel even more what it really would be like being in Conan's world. So that, I mean, that was the reason for doing it, was literally uh, sitting down and having that one-on-one, which you don't always get. Um, I mean, sometimes you get a writer who you just do know that they've, they've got, they, they've nailed what they want to do. And, you know, I, 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 I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Oh, it's going to be an illustrated book. We're going to have illustrations by Roberto de La Torre. We're gonna have um, a very—it's gonna be a hardcover dust jacket. We're working really hard on the design. It's gonna be a nice, elegant package for you, and it will include red nails with new art.
2: Yeah, brand, uh, six brand new illustrations by Rob De La Torre, who we might know from the comics. Awesome.
1: Yes. I'm not wanting to hold your feet to the fire on future projects, but. Uh, Uh, Could you maybe even tell us even vague ideas about future projects? Maybe anything
4: involving, say, uh, like an anthology or a story collection? Well, one thing I will tell you is we will be doing short stories. Short fiction, I mean, Howard's original fiction mostly runs between 5 and 20,000 words. And it's very important to me to be able to do short fiction to be true to the nature of reading Howard. We're working on that now. We're doing it as a, we're shooting for a serialized release. Because the other thing for me, uh, recently I I wanted to research and I wanted to read Kings of the Night (coughs) because I love that story. And I just felt like I wanted to read it. So I picked up that issue of Weird Tales and sat down and read it. Because that happened to be one of the few that I actually own. And there's actually nothing like holding those pulp pages, smelling those pulp pages. It's like perfume. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and it, there's nothing... I, I actually uh, stumbled... I, as I finished it, I, I, I hit the Clark Ashton Smith story, and I thought, you know, this is not bad, too. And I couldn't stop, so I kept going. But to me, that experience of, of Howard is so important that I want to be able to do serialized, electronic release fiction of, of new stories in Howard's worlds. Cool. <laughs> yes, sir. So, you named dropped off Stephen Graham
5: Jones, which was two thumbs up for me on that one. Um, and it, I mean, I guess
4: if you can't answer this, Reach out to my, like Laird um, I know Laird, I haven't reached out to Laird yet, but he's actually on my list. I've got a bunch of people I have talked to, uh, Peter Brett, for example. Um, I've got several people interested in doing some, some short fiction. I want to pull some uh, uh, writers who you would expect, and I want to pull some writers you wouldn't expect, because I want variety. I don't want it to all be the same thing. But uh, Stephen was funny because I got started working with him because he did a Predator short story for me.
0: Oh yeah,
4: and then and then we got to talking about Conan, and this was kind of funny because um, I I was saying to him, okay, I'd like to to show these guys, you know, what story he'd like to write, and um, you know, I'm hoping to have something finished by the end of the year. Could you send me some thumbnails, blah blah blah? Towards the end of the year, I'm back in touch with Stephen, and he's like, oh, I wrote it. Here it is. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> uh, Stephen tends to write it because, it, I, I, in, in a weird way, it's Howard. Yeah. He has words in his head. They have to come out. Right. He did it. So, I mean, that's, that's the kind of... I don't always want to go that way because I would kind of like to know that we're not going to be like doing Conan the um, Exotic Dancer. <laughs> seems like a, perhaps a wrong I move for the character <laughs> Matt the Exotic Dancer is a completely different thing that, that, that's later on tonight That's that, Samaria that, that, those, those tickets are expensive and worth every penny <laughs> but, but no Steven was really, it was just so funny because it's like, oh you have a story, thank you um, and of course he's like such an award winner at the moment too so uh, that's a really good name to have added to our list Yes, sir?
2: So, Conan
4: and the Living Plague was actually printed briefly, I believe, then vanished. Is there any chance that's going to come back in the mix? We're going to be looking at everything that exists, but we need to figure out how we want it to fit into our publishing schedule. The thing is that a lot of the world, particularly if you look at the publishing industry, they have sort of forgotten about Conan. Uh, I'm happy, I'm real happy to have a hand in making sure the Del Rey books exist, because to me, that was a mission. But in terms of, there haven't been pastiches in a lot of years, there haven't been really successful pastiches in a lot of years, and the publishing industry is a really complicated one right now. Supply chain issues, um, just the entire social media landscape, it's just very complex. So... For us to put anything into it, we have to make sure it fits into a logical set of releases because the rest of the world needs to, to be told this is going to work. Did that make sense, I hope? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Thanks. I want to move on to Jane. Yes, sir. What about Scott Oden? Yes, sir. We we're talking to Scott Oden. We're, talk- we're talking to a lot of people. Um, but, but I mean, like I said, we, we did start, I mean, I, I, I personally sent the letter off to Stephen King, for example. Because if Stephen King uh, ca- calls me on Monday and says I'd like to do a follow-up to Pigeons from Hell, I'm going to be like, well, that would be fine. I won't even plan to edit you because, I mean, really? But, yeah. Okay, now I'm gonna I'm, I'm going to stop because I, I don't want to take up too much time. But I'm here the rest of the day, so you can find me
6: anywhere here, and and corral me, and we can talk. So, um, I'll continue a little bit about uh, the stuffs that you buy and put on your shelves and and get dusty. So, uh, we can start with with games. Um, The Mythic Solomon Kane game is uh, continuing. Uh, The Monolith Conan game is continuing. I don't know if there's any particulars that uh, Matt wants to divulge. I don't know where to stand. I'll stand here.
0: Uh so yeah, monolith uh anyone play that game in here? A couple of you, okay. So yes, uh next year, 2023, don't know yet, maybe February, maybe later. Uh we are gonna continue with that game. We are going to finally drop the long-teased red nails.
2: Thank you. Yeah
4: be some things we can do I kind right? of I, I, I kind of like that idea Yeah, I I, sense I,
0: think some have, I think you might have mentioned that idea <laughs> anyway uh, so Red Nails is, it's been a long time coming so we're going to do that um, we are also going to reprint some of like the base game but not the core retail game it's either going to be a barbarian pledge or a king pledge for those who maybe bought it at retail you can get that other box that you don't have and so that'll end up being the new core. So those who never jumped in uh, can now do that. And then everything we do for red males will only require either barbarian or king. So that's one thing. Uh, we also are going to add a little. I wore the wrong shirt today. Who's got a Frank Rosetta shirt on? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we got to get a Frank Frazetta Conan in there, um, perhaps one of those little add-ons. We'll see what we do with that. Um, so that's going to be a thing. More solo co-op. I've heard from many of you over the course of this uh, weekend how important that's been to you. Um, so we're going to continue that, and versus mode will come in, so you can do... A lot of people are like, I want to be able to choose all of the things I put on the board and play with. Well, versus mode would allow you to do that. You can essentially draft your teams. And there's even something else that's super rad that I can't talk about. I'm just saying that everything to, everything we can do that we think is cool is on the table at the moment. So, big things next year. Tell all your friends. And uh, crush your enemies. <laughs>
4: Everything that's cool
6: is on the table. Yeah, sure. And so while uh, Mythic and Monolith continue crushing it with the the big box games, we will also continue with the sort of mid-range games. Uh, You may know that we uh, released the Tower of the Elephant game last year, I think it was. And without going into detail, I don't think we've said anything before, but we have two more games in the making, sort of um, using the same mechanic, but we're sort of adjusting it um, and adding adding more mechanics to, to these games as they are in development. So more will come about that. Um, as to statues, we are continuing with Mesco. Um, they have at least one uh, figure in in, in development and uh, Super 7 have uh, released a range of uh, um, sort of, well, action figures, sounds a little too belittling, but um, from, from the um, 82 movie and they are continuing with that series with new characters, Nudge Nudge and they're also going into other categories um, so not only the, whatever, 5-6 inch, they're doing sort of the little uh, they call the, the, the reaction figures, kind of like the old um, whether the Kenner, Kenner, Kenner Star Wars, yeah, that, that style, so simplified, and we have at least one new licensee that are going into the um, six scale, um, fully clad, metal, fur, whatever um, uh, category. So um, I think that's about it on collectibles. So, I mean, we're always like like you said, we everything is on the table. We're, we're um, looking at um, apparel things, knickknacks, whatever. Um, whatever we can do. Our coded slot machines are in Las Vegas. Coded <laughs> slot machines <laughs> are in Vegas. And, there's, the Cross from yeah, and there are um, online slot machines. And there is also, a, I think, a free to play slot machine um, that is being released later this year. How well do they pay?
0: Well, uh, great. The,
6: the How
4: much did there. you lose? <laughs> I,
0: mean, I lost $120. <laughs> but it was fun.
6: <laughs> Any questions about collectibles, games, anything over that? Yep, yeah, we have there. Uh, Kickstarter for uh, Mythic Solomon Cave, they teased that there might be an announcement about an expansion for that game here the that I don't know anything about. That would be Mythic, and there's unfortunately no one from Mythic here. And then we can perhaps go over to uh, to about comics, um, as you all. Know- oh, we have a question in the back. Is there any plan for like? I know To be used with the game, or just... More standalone. Matt? I mean, yeah, we will uh,
0: we'll definitely have a few cool things in that regard
6: in the new Kickstarter. Um, so, yeah, going back, unless there's any more questions? No? Um, so, comics. Um, as everyone probably has read, uh, the uh, comic book line with Marvel uh, will end uh, at the end of this year. And just to sort of dispel any mis, uh, what do you say misconceptions uh, out there, uh, Marvel decided not to, to renew, and it was not the uh, editorial team. They were as heartbroken as we were. It came from much, much, much higher up um, and just a blanket decision to not do any licensing in. Um, only focus on their own stuff. So yeah, both sort of our great partners over at Marvel and ourselves were kind of taken aback um, and saddened by that decision. But um, it is what it is. Um, so we took a little think about that. And decided to uh, be more active ourselves and go in as a co-publisher uh, with someone uh, which uh, shall for now be un- unnamed because uh, that is not announced yet and uh, yeah. yeah should I Kind of introduce my little sidekick here, <laughs> uh, Matt, who's uh, our new. The, the tour de force um, editor. And uh, yeah, he will also be blamed for everything, of course. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, you yeah, had the crush your enemies part, I think
2: I'm the lamentations of the women part. Uh, first of all, it is nice to meet all of you. This is the only time you people will probably ever like me this much. So please, let's just take a moment and bask in that. <laughs> thank you. Um, I just want to thank uh, Fred and Jay. Uh, I mean, these guys have been keeping the lights on for, you know, 20 years. And um, Another guy, Steve Booth. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, and besides myself, there's another new team member, and that's Marcos Tronando. He's our brand manager. Um, yeah. So we're, we're the guys who are trying to move things forward, and one of those ways is comic books. Now, it's really tough because I've seen the contracts, I've made the phone calls, I've had the conversations. I can tell you absolutely positively nothing about it right now. And it is absolutely frustrating. Savagely so. The comics are making me feel so savage that I want to get my sword out and slay things in an adult manner that may or may not be black and white, but I don't know about those things. I have no idea, though. I can't talk about it. And I won't talk about it. Uh,
0: I, uh, this gentleman right here. Would I be able to read about it in, say, like a magazine size uh, format?
2: Man, Can you good. read, sir? <laughs> Both of you know I cannot <laughs> read about it. There you go, then. Yeah. Canadian Other people yeah. might be able to read about it. Okay. Just maybe. you. I don't know. I can't talk about these things. Of course, I could be completely lying to you. I don't know again. Five minutes ago, that's when you liked me. Now, not so much. Um, what else can I talk to you about? There's Everything's on the menu. Um, not just for Conan, but we're gonna be bringing back some people into comics that have been long, long lost. Uh, hundreds of years ago, probably sometime in the Elizabethan era,
3: uh,
2: there are two people, I mean, you know. Hey, Marvel did that, uh, I didn't walk do a couple years ago and just stopped. Who is that? I don't know. Some woman? Some, you know, they put out these two issues and then, like, you know, the pandemic happened and they're like, well, we can't really sell it. And there were still three issues left on that, I think. So, me? I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you about it. Can't talk to you about it. That's not what I'm here for. Um... Well that's what I tell you about.
3: Um Boss well, boss what am I mis- am I am I am I not talking about anything in particular? You can mention that we are going to do a monthly code of the barbarian. I can actually say that? <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> we,
2: we can say that. We could code in killing the barbarian? As a comic book? Isn't that crazy? And not Conan O'Brien? No! <laughs> or Conan the Adamant Show that I just learned about when I got this job and I had no idea what the heck it was about. Um, but there is going to be a monthly Conan Barbarian. Uh, the creative team is almost in place. Let me just put things this way Fred has an awesome Twitter account and people like to scream at him on it and they scream out names. We were already working with the top two names to get you the next co-name Barbarian before those top two names became the top two names. So if you want to go bust out your Twitter devices, do the math, because I had to do this and figure out who the top two names were. I was like, oh crap, I'm already talking to those guys. Great, my work here is done. Thank you very much. So hopefully we'll get that on the shelves eventually.
3: I don't think we can talk about that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, what, what I think we can talk about is that we have been talking with various... Since what happened was, it leaked out that Marvel was not going to yeah. carry on with Conan. We never published any news on that, but we knew internally last September, October, that this was going to happen. So we've been working, Jay, me, Steve, for about a year on, okay... Uh, what are we going to do when that happens? And then it just became clear with the new corporate structure we're within, we said, well, then we should publish ourselves because then it's not just going to be Conan. Then we can do Steve Kost again if we want to. Or I want to do the spin-off Mike the Bulldogs. One shot or whatever. So as time progressed, we said, well, we, we have to have an industrial partner because we don't want to be bogged down with all the issues of solicitation, working with, working with the, the stores, the promotions, the distribution, the printing, all of that. So, it, it, And meanwhile, we couldn't really talk to too many people because it wasn't official that Marvel was not going to continue after this year. But then, and we did not plan this, there was somebody who sniffed out and, and put together because there had been no new solicitations. Uh, from Marvel, and somebody was digging down, and and that resulted in in, in a little bit of leaked information. Yeah,
2: that, that actually happened, and you know, my lawyer's here, and there's a camera on us. Look, that happened at the Lake Como Comic Con. Somebody walked up to one of the artists, who will not be named, but we all know he draws the best Conan covers, and he's exclusive at the Mouse. and he said, oh, you know, yeah, I'd love to do more Conan, but Marvel's not doing it anymore.
3: And that's how it happened, in Lake Como, Italy. Which, we had to, you know, when you, w- w- then we had to, what do you do? This is like, could be a huge lemon, or we could turn it into lemonade. So we decided, well, let's, let's throw it out there, let's be transparent. Let's say, yes, it is true. And, uh, and then, of course, the follow-up question was, well, are you going to make other comics? Yes, we will do that. Who's that publisher? We're going to do it ourselves. And then we had to come out because, of course, that meant, you know, my phone burned up and I had 150 indie comics publishers uh, call me and say, can we? And then we we said, well, we actually have been working and talking to some select people. But again, you know, this happened on a Sunday. We can't wrap up uh, big contracts in three days. And it would be unfair to also um, mention all these great creatives that we have because this is part of, of course, a promotional plan and make sure that people will be excited when we can announce, and we shouldn't do that because we're not the marketing people. We'll have to find that information out for the marketing people. Also, we can't announce because creative people are
2: crazy. I don't know if you guys know that, but yeah. And editors are crazy too, I'm, I'm one of them, but um, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, we have really great plans
3: that we really
2: do want to talk to you. Like it hurts. I, it hurts. I
3: was going to say, we will be announcing this co-publisher the week of June 21st. Ah, okay.
2: And then I think by the time we get to Comic-Con...
4: Right. One, one thing that's going to be happening is we've uh, got San Diego Comic-Con doing a Conan 90th panel this year. That's a, a slightly larger event than this one. But uh, the... Um, we're this gonna one's be much more important, though. Yeah. Well, you guys are the core. Uh, but the, the fact is that uh, we're going we, to have that 90th and that was one of the reasons for the positioning of the novel in October was to celebrate Conan's 90th. Yeah,
2: um, and you know, just I'm working with, with, with Mr. Saffle here um, I'm not just doing comics, but comics of course is going to be a main thrust of my job but we're working on some really, hopefully some cool, cool stuff to come out not just with fiction, but um, you know, other aspects of publishing and
3: uh, I, I maybe also mention that we are still will be in business with our partners since 1982, I believe, which is Panini International. Oh that yeah! Wow, that's yeah. our international partner. They also do Marvel and DC in Europe and worldwide. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be
2: doing a crossover yep. with them, which um, well. I still I don't I think I should talk about. <laughs> 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 so I mean, that's there's there's a lot going on. I promise you, it won't suck too much, um, but your mileage is gonna vary. But, I mean, Steve Sapple said something, I mean, really interesting. Hey, look, um, look, it's gonna be your choice whether or not to buy it, but the way you're gonna keep things alive, the way that we're gonna know, is if you, if you get out there and really, really put down, put down, the, put down the, the pennies and spread the word, because if we do make you happy, and it's our job, nobody wants to make something that sucks. Like, nobody wakes up in the morning and be like, you know what, man? I want to piss off all those people. Like, that's not my goal. I mean, maybe it is. No, that's not my goal in life. Like, I want to make you guys happy. Because then I get to turn my lights on. And, you know, that's, it's my job. But also, I'm a nerd too. I want to make myself happy. But I'm not playing handball here. You know, I need you guys to come back at us. You need to tell us where we're going right, where we're going wrong. One way is buying it, speaking in your wallet, and, you know, social media is man. Let us know. Let us know what you want, because... We want to
4: give it to you. and We don't want to make something that's bad. We don't want to make something you're not going to like. But and, can't please, everybody. Yeah, to, also to give you an example of how important you are to us, one of the things with book publishing, we're doing international. Uh, I'm working with my sub rights department now to get translation rights for this, this new novel in, in a bunch of countries. And so uh, this is a little, you're, you're helping us with Conan, the global entity. And, and that's really important to us. And like Matt said, you're not going to necessarily like all of them. But believe me, we've got some, so much cool stuff in the works. There's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to just completely stick with you guys. You're going to love it. And so please, you know, support us and support our writers, our artists. These people these people want to do cool stuff. Yeah.
2: And, and you're the reason why we want to do it. I mean, you know, there's we're fundamentally broken people. We need... We need, we're Tinkerbell, we need the applause, you know? So that, that's always going to happen. Questions? We've got yeah, more That's minute. literally what I was about to say. I mean, there's a bunch more hands up for Sappho before, so so ask him all the questions. He said I couldn't actually talk about stuff.
4: So, <laughs> oh, he's looking at you. I'm sorry. Yep. Is there any way uh, that you'd be able to continue and complete uh, the reprints of the Marvel Omnibus uh, series? Hey, is. So so we're just not cut off. There
2: is a way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> again we don't want to piss people off you've got 20 of those books on your shelf the last 13 that were planned in the series would love to go out on the shelves there is absolutely a way to do that thank you for your question but
4: the way but 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 the way to piss them off would be to do them all in like an oval format yeah
2: because <laughs> they want them they want those on their we're, tel- we're going to reprint them as mini comics and we're just going to put them out all over the place so little
1: we'll, we'll, we'll print guy in the back in the back okay i really like the idea of doing all of how the stuff comic books but hasn't it been done before across plane
3: comics oh no so I'll, I'll let the, you were there around that time, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I've
1: been there a long time. Yeah, Crosswise Comics was fun, but it was very short-lived. Just a few issues. They just did a few things. Uh, it was <coughs> it was fun to see them, and it was it was you know you get the impression they didn't have a big budget to work with. They did what they could. So, um, it's it's always a fun when someone asks about. You know, did Howard write something other than Conan? And you go, well, he wrote, you know, twenty whatever Conan stories. He wrote six hundred stories. You know, the the, the the breadth and breadth and depth of things he wrote. If they decide they want to go play in the rest of the garden, it's a big garden. So, so is the difference between the idea now and what has the cross you don't have a bigger budget to play
3: with and thats I think that is probably very true. Uh, and also I think we have a much larger distribution. and I mean we, it, there are few characters that have been basically continu- in, in, in continuous publications for more than 50 years on a weekly or a monthly basis. And um, I think also there's a, a pretty big support in the retail, community in the U.S. because some sort of common called the Barbarian, they're staples. So to launch a new comic book company would be very difficult. Even today I think it's difficult, uh, but remember that we're going to work with an established uh, publisher and uh, also of course with
4: established characters and, and work out the plans around that. I, th- I think it's going to work. Actually, having worked in comics as well, one thing I can say. Uh, if you guys put Conan on your pull list at your comic book retailer, basically, uh, the, the, the one thing that you gotta keep in mind, we're not Marvel Cinematic Universe or anything like that, we're Howard. We're your stuff. And make sure that your comic book retailer knows you want that. So put it on your pull list, put it on your subscription list, because that's how these things stay going for fifty years. Anybody else? Oh,
5: oh. You want me to talk about game stuff or
2: <laughs> no, 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 no absolutely yeah come on dude. come on up. What do you need, yes. <laughs> Right. He, you, got, you got two minutes, buddy. Wrap yeah, it up. Uh, I
5: don't
4: have
5: much to say. I, I <laughs> take,
4: we'll take the five minutes they took from me. They told me I was going to have to talk about <laughs> game <laughs>
5: stuff that was upcoming, so I'll just be real. You took on. five minutes from us, so yeah.
3: I
6: apologise
5: for that. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
5: Audience <laughs> voted. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can't really compete with a pretty Conan on the screen. Right, That's you're right. a pretty, <laughs> pretty man, but you're not that pretty. What was he going to say? Okay, so yeah. We are looking into multiple avenues for other Howard characters. So one of the projects, I feel like I'm breaking hearts today, one of the projects that we worked on for a couple of years and then just cancelled was a James Allison story where he basically did a road trip back through time, collected all of the Howard characters and brought them into the future to save the world, which was kind of a fun, like it was like a Diablo 3 style game, so it was top down. Uh, action-adventure game where you were picking up characters along the way, and it was, it was a lot of fun. We were playing around with, with the Allison, you know, the Allison dreaming about his past, and we had this concept which turned out, well, we had this concept where it was basically collecting the eternal champions of Howard and bring them, bring them together as a dream team to fight. Um, so that was kind of fun, got cancelled, yay. Um, and so the big thing that I think I can talk about that's coming up is Conan Exiles 3.0, which is coming up in a couple of months. Um, I don't know so we've done, we've done you know, the Exile Lands, and then we did Isle of Sifter, and now we're about to release something that people have been waiting for since we launched the game, because I talked about it as part of the vision. And I can't really say exactly what it is, but I'll leave you with this, because I talked about how earlier we always asked what would Conan do? With this new version of Exiles, what would Tophamon or Zaltaltan do? Oh, oh, that's the next thing that's coming. So that's, uh, that's
3: all I'll say. Yeah. It
5: doesn't suck.
4: Should <laughs> uh, we wrap up? Everybody has something additional to add. Well, one thing I one thing I really wanted to quick say because something he said really struck me. A lot of people don't realize that that uh, Michael Moorcock's famous eternal champion was preceded by so many years by Robert E. Howard. And, and the simple fact is that, that one of the reasons I wanted to sit and read Kings of the Night is that scene where Cull just comes striding up and basically says, I know I'm asleep, let's just go crush some skulls! And I, I just... So so that, that very idea, the whole idea of all of the universes that Howard created is such an incredible tapestry and was so mind-blowingly revolutionary that, that their, their view... Writers that we could love as much as as you guys love Howard. Yes. Well put. Thank you. Well played.